just two local guys with so much to say. So listen to the real estate brothers today. Hello, everybody. This is the Real Estate Brothers. This is episode 50, where we are going to be going over the U.S. updates for April 2022. We're talking about the uh, March 2022 statistics, some scan of the months, and I got some other mainland news for you guys in the show. In Hawaii, there's so much to do. There's hula, there's surfing, and real estate too. We just do local guys with so much to say. So listen to the real estate brothers today. Welcome everybody again and getting used to this thing. Can you move the slides up back and forth? I can't. So you're in control and I'm going to take a nap as you give your presentation right now. But if you guys listening have any questions or comments, feel free to post it into the comment box. However you're watching, either on the YouTube live, the Facebook, or we also have it on LinkedIn this time. And we're also going to be putting this up on the website Ari Aloha, along with all the other, that's arialoha.com, along with all the past episodes we've done for the past 50 episodes. And we also have a podcast of this, so you can probably search this on iTunes, Google Play, uh, The Real Estate brought us there. But uh, yeah, Dean, let's take us away. What's going to happen? Um, yeah, yeah. So like you said, um, you can find me at uh, realestateofhawaii.com or youtube.com slash realestateofhawaii. So let's jump right in. What's new? Is this old news or what? The record and more records being broken. Actually, this time, both on the single family and the condo townhouses in terms of median prices. So for March 2022, we have a new median single family price of uh, $1.15 million. It's up about 21% from the same time prior year. Closed sales volume actually went down, which is interesting. But I mean, 11% to 321 transactions for March and then days on market will change, but we're still at nine days on market for single family. Yeah, exactly. And then on the right side, we see condo townhouses again, new record uh, 515.5 thousand, an increase of 14% from March 2021. We actually see a bump up in condos, 672 wholesales. That's a 7% increase. And we have a nine days on market, same as single family, but the condos actually. That's a decrease or even less than it was in the same time prior year. And we've so, shown these subsequent slides before too in terms of why is it doing that and talk about what supply. So as you can see, it's just going, it's still on the trend going down. This one, this starts, this is a three-year, but we have um, single family at one month of inventory on hand and Connell's at a little bit higher at one and a half months of inventory. Yeah. Supply and demand. Another thing I like to show is the trend for days on market. So as we said, it was this one shows a little bit different as a different source. But we have this in terms of eleven days on market for single family and condos. But overall you can see just the trend. This one goes back two thousand to two thousand and five. Yeah. So we can see it going all over the place. Jump up in two thousand thirteen, come back down in two thousand seventeen. Like so prime most likely. And then after 2017, we see it, for the most part, staying relatively low. I wanted to show, uh, so we always talk about Hawaii and a lot of times, one thing I, I was thinking about, okay, what if we show other states? And Olene, I think you have some 
property or holdings in, in Las Vegas. So I also do. So we're just to show you in comparison what we're seeing in Nevada, Las Vegas, compared to what we have here. Uh, we also see, again, this is from Fox 5, and we have record prices for single family and townhomes. So sounds really similar, right? Inventory low, demand high, or sounds very similar. Single family up 27% from prior year. Townhouses up 39% from prior year. Yeah. And we have prices almost four times higher than the, the low of in 2012. So, and as you can see, it's apples and oranges, right? Average home price up there is 460000 That's That's in, in half of our single family home median prices, right? Townhomes were half of that at two seven. I just wanted to give everyone like a little bit of perspective. I know a lot of people from Hawaii like to go to Vegas, um, either temporarily or even nowadays people are emigrating there because of the lower cost of living. Yeah? So just to give everyone a little bit perspective and prices are different. However, the trends are very similar to what we've, we're seeing here in Hawaii. As always, I like to talk about the scam of the month. And so this month we have what's called contact form fraud. And so what these cyber criminals are doing is they're pretending to be potential clients for businesses, right? So they're doing our requesting for quotes on the website, the organization's online system. And in the form, the cyber criminal can create like a, they spoof a legitimate domain to appear legitimate. So what happens is an employee sends a reply back to the request. And since the employee, the Someone internally is in, initiating contact and that kind of turns the filter, the filters don't flag it, yeah, for the firewalls. So when the cyber criminal, when the employee responds and the cyber criminal comes back and they use a, a file sharing, and then what happens is the, the employee will, will download malware. Yeah. This is a little bit more for corporate employees. And these days, a lot of the big corporations do have compliance programs to help protect you, to help the company and educate employees about these kind of scams. I think in talking to some employees of different corporations, if they send out these fake mails, they're, they're not, they're, they're just pretend and they're just to train the, the employees and they, they send out like a phishing email. And if you make a mistake and you click on it or you do something wrong, then you get a big, you get a call from IT and they give you a slap on the wrist and they say, okay, you need to do some training to educate you on this and until you do so, you're reprimanded or something like that. So when you're looking, reading emails, make sure you're aware of things and making sure there's no like misspellings or grammatical errors in the emails. You want to watch out for fake attachments and um, also using those file sharing services. And even if the email seems to be coming from legitimate, someone you think is legitimate, just keep your eyes open and be cautious. So it's always a reminder for everyone. As we mentioned before, the Cyber criminals are just getting smarter and smarter, and they're just thinking of how to outwit the, the user. Just open emails from your boss. Your boss is who controls your paycheck and your phone. Yeah. Calls. Keep to your responsibilities. That was the, one of the biggest career advice, actually, no joke here. So you always know who your boss is. Everybody else is ancillary to that. I remember before, too, like, Working in corporate, this could be good for the company and could be good for everybody involved. No, who is your boss? That is number one. And make sure you go through the chain of command, right? So the boss from the other department shouldn't be going directly to you if they're at the same level as your boss. Yeah, exactly. Did, Which, did you get those too? Yeah. Yeah, we weren't allowed to say anything in meetings. I was in a conservative company, so you're not allowed to speak up unless you get the signal from your direct superior. 
because sometimes your direct superior may not want to share information that might come out of your mouth to his superior. That's why we never lasted too long in that. Are you a non-accredited investor looking for opportunities to invest passively? How about a newer investor looking to get a bit of a track record and confidence from your skeptic spouse? And could you use the reinforcement of monthly checks paid like clockwork? The American Homeowner Preservation Fund, or AHP, is looking to bring new investors with them. I've been investing with them since 2016, and originally, I used it as a means to pay for my regular expenses. I started with $60,000 as my initial investment, and that paid for my car payment completely for me. AHP collaborates with existing homeowners to keep them in their homes by restructuring or selling the debts, unlike their competitors that just kick their homeowners out on the streets. It's a way to make great returns while feeling good about making a social impact. After investing myself in the fund, it was awesome when owner George Newberry saw the impact our simple passive cash flow monthly crew was making, approached me to become a spokesperson of the company. Invest as little as $100 by going to ahptitle.com. And if you want the free Burn Zone book, please claim it at simplepassivecashflow.com slash AHP. And if you haven't done yet, join our private investor club for more insider access. Go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. Okay. The last thing I wanted to cover is uh, I wanted to talk about it. Where I was talking about new construction days and when, so we sometimes forget about these, I don't want to say old construction, but these little hidden gems. So I should thank one of my clients for, for bringing these older condominiums in, in Kaka'ako up. So this one I wanted to talk about today was called Nauru Tower, um, built in 1990. And uh, the interesting thing about Nauru Tower is the, the way they construct it is it's great. If you see in this bottom, Every unit is, for the most part, facing the, the backside. There's two units on the sides that uh, see in dark, almost like red down here, which is that's the, the mountain side. But they still have windows that you can still have views of like Diamond Head and the ocean. And then this side, you can see Evo, and it would be the, you could see like the harbor and things. So when they designed this building, it, it, it was, uh, everyone had a, a view of the ocean. And the great thing about this Nauru Tower is it's right across from Ala Moana Beach Park, yeah. So the risk of another tower blocking your ocean view is very minimal. And so that's something really great about this uh, development. Also, there's actually a really high owner occupancy rate and it feels no one really uses the amenities. I don't know if there's a lot of, my, my hunch is there's a lot of, international owners or investors that have it for their time home or their summer home. It's spe- speculative, so they're not homes if you can live there deserted. No, exactly. So you go to, and the lobby is nice. It makes me feel like some of the luxury places in Japan, the way it was constructed. Uh, a little dated, but still very luxurious feeling, very open concept. And uh, uh, yeah, the association fees are a little bit on the higher side, but still an unrestricted view. What else was I going to say about you know, nice amenities, tennis courts, barbecue. And it's, if you look at the, the, the clientele, it's, it's slightly different. Again, you don't want to get into the whole, what is the protected, I don't get to uh, fair housing laws, but it's just the, the owners uh, tend to be like older than what we see in, in the heart of the Kakako, the new, the ones buying the new construction. So besides it being a little less empty, it's, it's a lot less, not emptier. It seems like a different age range on these versus the current stuff coming up in Kakaako. When we looked and we visited three or four times, tennis courts were always empty. That's, that's great. And good about this area is it's not the heart of Kakaako. So it's kind of 
in a way easy to to get out. You know what I mean? Versus like when you're in like Ward Village where everything is right there, but also getting out of the complex and getting into the streets is a bit challenging. Another unit that was, or another complex that's similar to it's a block away or kitty corner, I should say, is oh, is the other one called Havaiki. So the interesting thing about Havaiki, that one was built where it's sideways. So all none of the units have a direct shot of the ocean. Either you're looking Eva or you're looking Diamond Head. So it's that way. And then so you have you have it's not a direct view tour. So that it's just and that one was built in nineteen ninety nine. But I believe the same developers as Not Tower and the developer I believe made their money. I think when it, when they built it in nineteen ninety that was a big thing. They initially got their money to develop these properties or initial money was from I think it was bird doodoo. Oh, what is that? Bird doodoo? Like bird droppings and, and that they could produce energy and one of his energy and fertilizer kind of stuff from the bird dropping. And I guess it's so much that yeah, it was very lucrative for them. And that's how the beginning of the latest the companies this developing developer company. Anyway, I just want to point out but they also have sprinkler system and retrofitted so that's not people concerned with what happened to Marco Polo a long time ago. This one has uh, retrofitted sprinkler systems in it too. So that's also a positive. I'm glad you brought this thing up because I was looking for a place to live near there. But it's hard to justify $5 million park lane. Because to me, when I do the math, that's like a $20,000 mortgage where I would rather, I'm looking at the rents here. It's like 3,700 for a two bedroom. Kind of small though. Your medicine's right across the street from parking. Right? Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's, I would have 15 more thousand dollars to play around to do whatever. So I could probably hire a Uber driver to pick me up and take me to middle of Awana or middle of <laughs> Kakaako several times a day with that, that money. But, but yeah, this is a good value one. I was actually looking at this one too. And if you stand up paddleboard, there, there's storage and you can walk across the street if you want to do it. The, the staff doesn't set caught up across the street, though. That's the good <laughs> park lane at this one. But you get what you pay for, right? As we say. Yeah, you do get what you pay for a lot. Yep. So that's what my portion of it. Right. If you guys are interested in, Bill asked the question, is this eating for investing in Hawaii? So the way we break this apart is Dean's a local agent here in Hawaii. So he takes the Hawaii portion since this audience is our RA at Aloha.com group real estate investors in hawaii i run the second part of these meetings where i go over headlines because most of my portfolio is apartment complexes on the mainland mostly in the sunbelt states that's how we bifurcate this but if you guys have any other feedback in the future please let us know if you guys are podcast fans check out my podcast or passive cash passive real estate investing and if you guys are book fans Check out my book. It will release last month. The Journey to Simple Passive Cash Flow is what it's called. And a little bit of a pro tip. If you go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash book, go download it for free. And get the free audio there too. And just to clarify, that's actually you reading it. I'd like to say there is Morgan Freeman or some other <laughs> famous person with a charming voice, but it is me. That's even better. And I to hear from the person who wrote it. So that's, I, I like that a lot better. I actually interject a lot of random stuff throughout the week. So I don't go to sleep myself. But it's oh, a short read. And, and then to your point is there's extra added value then. Yeah. 
there is. So check it out. But yeah, these calls are trying to get you guys the news that you folks. I know a lot of people have the retirement accounts. I'm a huge fan of this. I think retirement accounts only make sense if you make over $340,000 and have a significant amount in your eyes. What's a significant amount? Three or four or five hundred thousand dollars at least. If you guys would like to talk about this, please go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash QRP, read the article on it. But that is uh, people don't use retirement accounts, folks. <laughs> it came up in one of my conversations. Uh, they don't use those things. They don't use self-directed IRA accounts. But anywho, if you have one, there is this new IRS rule which allows you to possibly get around the 10% penalty known as the rule of 55, allowing you to skip early withdrawal fees from your current 401k, 403 provider when you're leaving your job at age 55 or after. Some public service workers at 50. I would just Google this. Of course, do your own due diligence, of course, but this is a pastor and this is... When they call it a bill, that's it's still going through revisions, but do you believe that this is has been stamped and approved? Talk to your own CPA, of course. Yeah. This one might be good for real estate investors. I know we always typically fight the tax assessed value since a lot of the properties are going up or skyrocketing the prices, which is sometimes hurting cash flow because our taxes go up quite a bit. Sucks for cash flow, but good in the long run, right? Because your properties are going up. Your key as the investor is to take that dead lazy equity and put it into more assets, more pigs, passive income generators. This is, uh, you never really want to accept your tax assessment. Have you ever done this thing where you complain to the local jurisdiction, city, county, and bought your taxes I've, downwards? I have had a lot of inquiries about it and to do, and it, it's a hit or miss thing because I believe for Oahu for city and county of Honolulu, I think they, there's some requirements and you have to believe that it's X percent, like 20% overpriced over the, the value is 20% higher than you believe what it should be. And then you pr- provide the support why you think so. I do know, so I haven't done it personally. I've heard of someone who did it once and I understand it's more prevalent in some jurisdictions than others. For example, Chicago, when I was investing over there, in Illinois, they, they had really exorbitant real property tax rates. And there were, I don't know if it's attorneys or third parties that you could hire to actually contest the, the fees. So the association of owners that I belong to, they hired a third party, fought the assessed value and got, they won. They, they paid a third party and, and they won. And then our real property tax was, was a lot lower than the comparables in the neighborhood. And that's because the association was smart enough to, to fight it. What that did too was that complex more appealing for potential investors like myself. So when I was looking to buy in there, I was like, cool. Hey, the, the rates are low and come to find out it's because they had gone and done that. Through, again, I believe it's through a third party. Like it's a, a third party, a tender attorney or sometimes not an attorney, but just a consultant that knows, that does that regularly. Yeah, understanding they, the process. They know the person to call. They know the format to yeah. plug and play comps. Yeah. When I own single family homes, I just never was successful doing this because they just tell you to go away. And that's kind of messed up, right? That if it's not within, if it's greater, if it's less than 20%, then go away. Yeah. You have no yeah. So if we overcharge you by 20% or less, too bad. And it's huge, right? 20% is a lot. It's not. Especially when you're showing your cash flow negative in Hawaii, anyway. I guess it doesn't matter. They're in it for appreciation, whatever. 
you know, yeah. what I tell my investors is regardless of what that is, you're still going to look at the bottom line, right? What your cash and cash return is. And, and so you, you're not just looking at your, your property tax rates or the amounts, your gross rent minus out all the expenses to come up with what, what you're going to have at the end of the day. So it's less of a focusing on one simple thing and anything that we can do to reduce our expenses is great. Right? So even here, they're trying to make things more equitable in the way of taxing I believe, the, the investors for the real property tax rates here. And we did trying to tax investors and people who, and even vacant units. If they, to, if they can determine that people aren't living there, then they want to increase the real property tax because that way, in a way, you're, it's a regressive tax and you're sort of trying to address our affordable housing problem yeah, on Oahu. Other news, Economic <laughs> Innovation Group is saying that there are they're talking about the recovery after the 2020 pandemic fallout. Most concentrated in Midwest and Northeast, where two-thirds of the metro fell into these categories. Some of notable exceptions include Detroit, which saw a recovery pickup speed in 2021, buoyed by auto manufacturing in Cincinnati. Metros in the West perform much better than any other part of the country, with 71% of them already recovering job loss. Large areas of the South perform very well, including most of Florida and Texas, which are areas like the Mississippi Depot, Delta, and Louisiana are far behind their pre-pandemic numbers. This is why we're dumping. We had some couple of apartments in Mississippi were dumping. The Mississippi uh, sucks. You, you don't pay much taxes there. But probably why you don't pay much taxes. There's not much growth. 2018 autumn's rapid growth saw it overtake slow-moving Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, some other notables. 10 best metros for employment change from peak year, Austin, Salt Lake, Dallas, Tampa, Phoenix, Jacksonville, Raleigh. Las Vegas isn't showing too hot on here, but sometimes you can. You take all these data points and you clump it all and take a composite. Another good data search is just Arbor. Top multifamily markets for multifamily investment growth. Some of the top ones are here. Indianapolis, Detroit, Greater Miami, Hartford, St. Louis. Some of the losers, San Fran, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. And then on the market, oh, that's just more market level transaction amount. That doesn't necessarily, it's a good market, but that's just more transaction amount. Midwest multifamily experience under the radar success. Detroit, Indianapolis, St. Louis, Sunbelt Nationals continue to be a hotbed of investment led by Las Vegas, Houston, and Miami. A strong economic recovery and population growth supported residential demand in the Sunbelt. How's Arizona? I didn't see Arizona in this one. Yeah, I don't know. Arizona's like the the number one growth market period by mm-hmm. far. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they excluded it. LeBron is not going to win because he hasn't enough games played, which is silly. In an era where stars don't play all the basketball games that play important ones. We do have a cut in from a little late, but I know you mentioned the Arbor. Oh, Ar- Arbor is a government or a pseudo government, I feel like. They, a lender does the Fannie Mae Freddie Mac type of stuff, which I don't know. I don't buy stocks. And to me, it's not really what the company is doing. It's more like it's based on expectations. And I don't know what the expectations are. Single family home rule. Key demographics such as baby boomers who are increasing less likely to move retirement homes and Gen Zers with a greater appreciation for suburban lifestyles. What's moving things? What's their takeaways here? Wealthmanagement.com reports that investors are gobbling up single family homes. I think this has been happening since... You and I, 
started to make money. It's funny, investors are born every day, right? A lot of them, the new ones say, oh, it seemed like it's been going up. And I tell them like, yeah, I thought the same thing in 2012, 14, 16, 18, 17. It just always goes up. But you never know when it corrects, but that's why you invest your cash flows. It doesn't matter. Part of the reason is they're not building this stuff to take up the demand. And there's more higher barrier to entry for people buying. And Blackstone, which is the big hedge fund conglomerate, the biggest fish out there, is once again getting into the business of buying rental property stock. I believe it was like 2012 is when they did this. They were buying a lot of stuff in Atlanta and some of those other stuff. Uh, southeast south markets but they're added and this time they are coming in as a company called april housing so think of it as their their real estate branch to do this same company they're buying in dallas houston austin denver miami fort lauderdale los angeles and san francisco lending is down and this might be because interest rates have gone up and the whole lending broker marketing play to say interest rates are all time low and going going down is behind us. Everybody believes that interest rates are going to be going steadily up. And this might be an opportunity for the buyers to grab a little bit more of an advantage and not just the sellers run away with it. No. Yeah, today I think we're at, for the con- conforming convention, we're at five, I believe, just under 5%. No points, 30-day lock. It's it's. It's said it's all relative, right? People who were there at three, oh my gosh, it's so high. But in the grand scheme of things, it, it's still relatively cheap money, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're buying stuff for the long haul, it doesn't matter, and you want to grab good fixed debt, you're doing value add. It certainly doesn't matter. You care about the interest rate? It just hurts. In Hawaii, it hurts the owner ox because everyone is trying to pretty much max out their. They're leveraging out as, as much as they can to not even get the dream home, but to get a, to get a fixer upper, right? And yeah, six hundred thousand dollar fixer upper. Fighting with another twenty people in that offer, and then as soon as the rates bump up twenty five dips, now it it knocks you down in terms of the type of inventory you can buy. So it causes yeah. some challenges. To me, I think everybody should take their new average Joe listing has a million dollar house because the median home price is 1.1. Yeah. You just got gifted a quarter million dollars these last couple of years. Take the money, refinance, get it the money out and go buy real estate and maybe rent. Because like, if I'm looking to buy a house, I'd rather rent and then make the money on the differential, yeah. put it on a spreadsheet. All these rent and buy calculators drive me crazy because they're all flawed because they're missing one of the most important things. They're missing what you opportunity cost of you taking that two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar down payment and go buy real estate with that. In equity, right? Yeah. And so it's Cody. Cody says a good idea. Then tell your spouse to go and not buy a house then in Kahala. Just your spouse out here. But uh, Joint Center for Housing Studies from Harvard University. This is a no-brainer. Most times these Harvard guys, they come up with pretty interesting articles. This time it's, it's a little bit more of a no-brainer. Basically saying that millions of renters fall short of comfortable standard of living. Basically because the last couple of years, it was, to me, socialism for the wealthy. The high end got all these, came out pretty dang good. And kind of the middle class to lower middle class got killed. And it got harder for them and affordability is getting worse and worse for them. This is why it's better to be a landlord and rent and buy the housing stock and take a hint from Blackstone, which is calling themselves paper housing. And you're not the good end of this because record 
share how home buyers are looking to relocate because things are too pricey. Red fences are flocking to Miami, Phoenix, and Tampa, and moving away from those coastal areas. Sad, huh? What the next generation is going to be doing? So this and um, RE businesses transforming Class B at C workforce style housing because that's where the demand is. That's exciting. But what else are you working on this this month? What do you want to be held accountable to? To wrap up here, I want to be held accountable to get my lazy equity into to action. That's one, and then on, on the business side, just working on more systems. That's something I always appreciated about you, Lane, is your ability to to systematize things. So, so I, I need to do that and you know leverage as much as I can so that. From the business standpoint, but yeah, and then on the investment standpoint, just have lazy equity. I have some, I got, I got some buy-in from the 51% stakeholder in these investments. So yeah, so I, I have the dry powder, like you're mentioning. This was interesting to see that HELOCs were down 5%, I think, HELOC lending. But I guess that makes sense from, I was thinking more so from the, the refi. I know the refi business has been drying up for a while because of the fact that as the rates go up and everyone has, has done that and then on the, the resale or sales for uh, residential real estate because inventories are so low then you know volume are, are, are down i believe so you see that on the, on the sales side so i'm thinking that's how the res loans are going to yeah. did you do heloc or did you refinance to get so i have an existing heloc just dry powder pretty much ready to go but again i need to get my other half on board for to pull the trigger but did the bank give you like the extra, the average guy with the one point one million dollar house, right? The extra two hundred thousand dollars that you did appreciate this year that they sent back you on. For us, we just we didn't want to over leverage, so we just took out like fifty percent. Like we, yeah, we just took out. It's enough to, that we needed. Oh, yeah, for now, yeah. Yeah, we we were trying to max out our leverage. To your point, like getting that seventy five percent LTV or anything. We just were trying to get like. Half of that, and it's actually a, an existing HELOC that we had uh, a few years now. So that's another thing that I talked to a few people who have HELOCs that have the promotional rates that are coming to expiration, and they're asking me, "Oh, Dean, you know which bank should I go?" I know you have a, a cheat sheet to, for investors nationwide too. Locally, I in Hawaii, I like to tell my investors in Hawaii. The rates are pretty comparable for the local banks if you're trying to get a HELOC in terms of their those teaser rates. But what I did with my bank when my teaser rate expired was to just kick that down, can down the road. And I went to them and said, hey, man, you know, I, I don't know what I want to do right now. I haven't tapped that much into the line, but if you can reduce that rate so that it kicked to the market rate, then I'd be good for a little while. So Because everyone knows everyone just dumps around, dumps around. So they, they actually reduced they reduced my rates and it wouldn't be as high as if uh, current market for the HELOCs, but it's also, it's just slightly above the promotional rate. So I suggest to my clients, if you don't want to do that, to buy you some time and see what some simple interest, just go to your, your banker and say, hey man, can you do something for me? And a lot of times they'll do it, give you another one or two years of, of a pretty good rate. Again, not that promotional rate, but it's a hassle to, to go and do another refi. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a, yeah. that's a good idea. The banks are going to do that for you, right? And I can yeah. do that. You got to ask it, for it. It's like the third time I've done that already before just jumping ship and going to the next bank. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so we do have that um, cheat sheet at arialoha.com slash HELOC. It's like a little matrix of first you go Aloha Pacific, then you go CPP, then you go First Hawaii, this order. It's 
a little old, but you guys get the sense of how it how it's done. But it you just want to that's I would do it Dean's way because I don't like to waste time and all this yeah. headache. I would just go roll into my bank and say, "Hey man, here's the deal. This is what's gonna happen. Either I'm gonna take my ELOG, go somewhere else, or you're gonna just make it work well." And you're also going to give me one some of that, like that free bag. You guys should give the disposable bag from Bank of Hawaii or whatever. I don't know where he banks. You're going to give me that free prize that you give all the new clients. I'm going to the comments. We have a lot of comments. We do have another comment. I think you addressed this one though, right? I already asked this. Yeah. Yeah. Done that right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll give it with this, Dean. A couple hundred thousand dollars in there of lazy equity. Let's do the math of Okay, so like, <laughs> let's just say you invest that at measly ten percent. Hey, are you putting me on the hot seat, man? I'm just saying that's twenty G's a year, right? Tax free, more than likely. Divided by twelve, sixteen hundred bucks a month. But what is that per day? Is serious, right? That's fifty five bucks a day. This apparent. I know this is what this is what kind of this is like the holistic part of this stuff, right? Like it's I'm sure there's things you and I do to save twenty dollars that are just waste of time. Like you could just have the money here, pay for the convenience. Is it, is it like, yeah, yeah. You could, 55 bucks a day, you could have your Uber Eats on speed dial every single day for your family. Not stick around, going to the grocery store. Again, I have a whole bunch of time. If you have a whole bunch of time for spending with your kids. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I mean, look at those $10 million Tiger 21 families. They don't have that much cash up. It's all deployed and stuff. But yeah. I don't know, that's it. I'm not talking to you, Dean. I'm talking to the person. The average person that invests in this stuff is age 45, $1.5 million net worth. They have a lot more lazy equity than yourself. Like, they probably have triple this amount. And so they're trying to save five bucks here, but they're triple that. So it's 150 every single day. They're doing things like riding the bus to work or going to Costco to save $20 gas. It's all time at the end of the day. It's, if you still understand this and you still want to do it, that's fine. I think a lot of people just, they just aren't aware of the time versus. Yeah, trading in time for money and, and how, how valuable your time actually is to your point. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the biggest thing, right? I think, and the biggest aha that you're mentioning too. Right? And some people, but the thing is some people get enjoyment out of being frugal Hey man, I was there too. I got off on saving yeah. five bucks, but it's just silly, right? People die unexpectedly. Yeah, and that's true too. And I have a lot of clients that are like, what are you die with all this money? You know, it makes sense to them. If they park it in real estate, then you know they can live in a nice place and then it'll just go down to their children. So it's not like they're wasting it and blowing it away. It's just different perspective. All right, folks. We'll see you guys next month. Bye. See free real estate investing group check out reialoha.com we're just two local guys with so much to say so listen to the real estate brothers today
Hey, just some legal stuff here. Although these two brothers are pretty knowledgeable and have over 2,100 rental units and own over $160 million worth of real estate, the preceding are only ideas and not to be taken as legal, tax, or financial advice, okay? You should always seek the professional advice of other professionals on your team and think for yourself and do your own due diligence, okay? Aloha.